God's People, sendinggodspeople.org, with your host, Dennis Beard. Where are you? Have you done a checkup lately? Where you are, how are you, in your depth of Christianity? Are you just saved and that's it? Are you doing the will of God? Well, this podcast today will be on Check Your Dipstick. Where are you? Literally doing a self-examination, introspection, if you will. On doing the will of God. Somebody says, well, we believe in one scripture. You just believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that he existed and take him as your savior. You believe there, so you're saved. But to believe is to trust and adhere to and obey. In Romans 6, whosoever sins, uh, you're forgiven, they're forgiven in John 20. As a power of the church through the Holy Ghost. Power of the church through the Holy Ghost. Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, whosoever sins you, remit their remitted whosoever sins that you uh, literally there that that's the power of the Holy Ghost to the church remittance and retain who sends you retain or retain who sends you forgiven or forgiven that's the power of the church but what does that mean to the body of Christ and the present truth what is the present truth last night a very strong word came to me just three three words from the Lord not even a sentence said run my gospel the time is at hand the night is far spent and people are eating and drinking and giving in marriage just like it was in the days of Noah until Noah entered into the ark when Noah entered into the ark God shut that door there is seven days that remained before the rain started breaking up the deep windows of heaven opened when that happened there was uh, great upsurges of water from the depth and we take the spiritual significance of that the deep calleth into the deep and the answer is by the water spouts the water spouts is a whirlwind of the water that is the Lord's calling to the deep and very few are answering you have to build your house on either the sand or the rock but to get that rock you have to dig deep to dig deep on that rock is like to a wise man that dig deep and founded a rock the first thing you have to found the rock the second thing is you have to build that house upon the rock most people than the Christian world live in the past of things that happened uh, I was raised this way I was raised a certain way uh, that's the reason I am what I am uh, bring, blaming circumstances others uh, creeds others race but whatever the case is, the Holy Ghost is greater. Greater is he that is within you than he that's in the world. 
but it's how you build upon that rock. First thing you have to do is find, find that rock. Jesus said, I liken to him to a wise man who digged deep and founded a rock. Then you build upon that rock. To build upon that rock has come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I submit to you that if you ask most Christians today in whatever denomination, whatever it is, be it fundamental, Pentecostal, whatever, and say, what is the high calling of God in Christ Jesus? Most will not be able to answer you. Saying, well, you know, it's eternal life. Uh, We're supposed to have uh, eternal life and live with Jesus forever and uh, maybe go fishing on the... uh, the sea before the throne of God, the crystal sea, or maybe play harps in heaven, whatever the case is, not realizing that there is a work. The work of the ministry is not only in this dispensation. It's not only in the dispensation of grace, but also in the kingdom age to the final consummation of all things, to the praise of God's glory when he gathers all things together in one in Christ Jesus which is the mystery of God's will before the foundation of the world. Let's do a checkup. Where are you? What's your dipstick? How deep are you? Are you running low on oil? The oil of truth? We better check your oil. Jesus said there's ten virgins. There's five wise and five foolish. Five wise took oil for the lamp. Somebody said, well, I didn't know. We're supposed to check the oil. Well, if you don't check the oil, how do you know where you're at in the Lord? And their five foolish virgins didn't take enough oil for their lamp. It was in the midnight cry. The midnight cry. The midnight is where we're at now. We're going to see famine, pestilence, sword, noisome beast, God's four sword judgments. And it's to cut off that that are hypocritical. This overflowing scourge in Isaiah 28 has surprised the hypocrite. Now, the, the literal def- definition of a hypocrite is an actor. An actor, somebody acting it out. You're not really in it with all your heart, but you've got that taken care of. You went to church, you've asked Jesus to come into your heart, so everything's fine. You're saved. How do you know you're saved? Because the pastor told you you're saved and you meet the denominational requirements. Therefore, I don't have to worry about anything else. I really don't even have to go to church, really. But uh, we have a lot of social gatherings, so it's a good thing. And a lot of people use that for networking and meeting people. When the true case is that God is looking at the heart and trying the reins of the heart, that he is looking for those of a broken and contrite spirit, those that will worship God in spirit and in truth. These the Lord seeks to worship him. It's all in a matter of the last days of worship. What do you worship? If you give six days to the world and one day to God, then I don't think you're going to make it because you're rich toward self and not rich toward God. Somebody said, well, I thought that had to do just with money. No, it has to do with your very heart. It has to do with where your heart is. He said, sell that you have, give alms, provide for yourself treasures in the heavens, where the moss and rust do not corrupt, and these do not break through and steal, for where your treasure is, there is your heart also. In other words, the man is going to put 
and elevate in his life his heart. He's going to follow his heart. No matter what, the heart is going to prevail in destiny. Guard your heart for out of it. Proceed all the issues of life. What are the issues of life? Well, we have to found the rock, number one. Deuteronomy 32, their rock is not our rock. One rock is capitalized. The other rock is not capitalized in small case. It means they thought they were worshiping the true rock. That rock is Christ. But it was a mistaken identity. They thought they were Christians. They were told they were saved. They went to church faithfully and gave tithes, some even offerings, and even had a cake bake sale or in the men's prayer and fellowship group. But yet find out and hear the frightful words apart from me, you works of iniquity, for I never knew you. So we need to check our oil. The oil in your lamp. How much oil do you have in your lamp? The lamp. That lamp is the word of God, which is a lamp unto your feet. It's a light unto your soul. It guides and leads. That light has to be followed. You are the light of the world. Jesus said, well, I'm in the world. I'm the light of the world. That's expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the, the comfort of the Holy Ghost, Jesus himself, the Spirit, will not come. But if he comes, then he will lead you and guide you in all the truth. He said, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not need to know him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. You see, Jesus, the Son of God, is the same Spirit as the Father. Galatians 4, 6, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts. Capital S. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit of the Son, Spirit of the Father is one and the same. But what is the oil? First thing you have to do is dig deep. Found that rock. It's not surface. There's a way that seemeth right to the man, but then there are the ways of death. You have to know that rock, that rock is Christ. You have to be established in the truth of Christ. So that's the first thing you've got to do is make sure that you're in the true Christ. Whoso believeth that, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. 1 John 5.20. 1 John 5.1, I'm sorry. 1 John 5.20. Uh, the Son of God has come and give us understanding of Him that is true. And we are in Him that is true. And uh, that, he said, this is the true God. Not the true Son of God. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. And First John ends. That true revelation of Christ is the rock. Now you have to dig deep. Most churches do not preach Christ. They don't teach Christ. They're not established in Christ. Are we against the denominations? Of course not. We're not against uh, any race, color, or creed. But the truth of the Word of God is what we have to declare. What is the truth of the rock? That rock that followed the children of Israel out of Egypt, that rock was Christ. And he said his angel before them, and he said, and that angel has my name. In other words, the characteristics, leading, guiding, salvation through the wilderness. All the theophanies and epiphanies, all the manifestations of God in the Old Testament. No one ever saw God in his essence, for no man has seen God at any time and lived. 
Well, then what did Jacob see? What did Moses see? What did, uh, uh, whenever we coming across uh, the Jordan River, what did Joshua see? Well, each one of them said they saw Penal, face of God. Jacob said so. And a redeeming angel, angel that redeemed thee in Genesis 48. Same way with Joshua talking about the man that had a drawn sword. What did he see? Moses, the burning bush. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Who did he see? I am that I am. But he never revealed his essence. That's the reason why that Jesus, who being in the form of God, made himself of no reputation. This is before the foundation of the world and his logos because a lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. Not physically, but in God's logos, in his thought, plan, purpose, and will. The bar in Hebrew, logos in Greek. That was God's divine design of salvation to the praise of his glory. Nobody else's glory but his. That was show his love, his power, his understanding, his whole plan, purpose, and will to the praise of his glory. And this will be declared throughout eternity as the sons and daughters of God are manifest, the manifested sons of God. Well, the whole creation right now is moaning and groaning in pain to be delivered into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Of which is, what is the manifestation of the Son? To wit, the redemption of our bodies. The redemption of our bodies. Well, we haven't been changed yet. No one has put on immortality, though we're saved and being saved as long as we walk in the light. Well, what is that redemption of our bodies? That's when our vile body is fashioned like into his glorious body, whereby he's able to subdue all things unto himself. Whereby he's able to subdue all things unto himself, all those things are things of faith. And this is not only in the dispensation of grace, but also in the kingdom age. During that time, there will still be another temple. That temple, in Ezekiel temple, will be according to the oath to the tribes, and it will be the, the according to the the sons of not only Rachel, Leah, but Zilpha and Zillah, of the handmaids of Rachel and Leah. A total different white because it's a promise to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. A promise to the fathers. And he refers to natural Israel and spiritual Israel there in Romans 8, 9, 10, 11. He said, not all Israel is of Israel. And that it's according to the promised seed. But all Israel will be saved. And they, the, the natural Israel, will be saved through your love. And we uh, have had salvation because they rejected their Savior. And because they did, we are the wild olive branches that have been grafted in. And we stand by faith. And take heed lest we fall. We're to fear him. And to fear is to obey. Now, as we're talking in this podcast and streaming in this this video, is we need to do a checkup. We need to check the oil. 
if you have a car and you don't check the oil and the water, then chances are, sooner or later, you're going to blow that engine up. Well, there's the water, washing the water of the word, and that is uh, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be you filled with the Spirit. And that is being continually filled with the Spirit, day in, day out, not just one day, but day in and day out, continually being filled with the Spirit of God. And him that ought to do good, and the more good that you do than seeing your good works and glorifying your Father, your Lord Jesus in heaven, then God gives you more. To him that hath shall be given. And he gets more revelation. And then you're growing from faith to faith, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, into the perfect image of Jesus Christ. But where are you on that, on that yardstick? On that measuring? On that measuring rod? On that measure that Jesus will measure his body in the last days? Somebody said, well, I've never heard anything like that. What about a Revelation 11? Is a reed like unto a rod given unto me, John said, saying, Rise, measure the temple of God. Well, if you hadn't taken inventory, how in the world are you going to meet that measure? Measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein, but the court, which is that, leave out, measure it not. Of course, given to the Gentiles. The rod of God is not upon the wicked. The holy city will be trodden down 42 months. Then he'll give power unto his two witnesses. That's the work of the ministry. But who will be able to stand in that fire? Only he that is righteous and upright. Only he will stand in that day. Well, we need to measure. We need to measure the oil. They may say, well, that's the Holy Ghost. Well, it's the word, the truth of the word. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The Holy Ghost leads and guides into all truth. So somebody said, well, how am I supposed to know? Well, to do the will of God is only one way to find it. And the quest for life is to do the will of God. For each individual member in particular, there's a part. If you have a puzzle, you have a lot of parts to that puzzle. But the whole one working that is the Holy Ghost. And every member is in particular. It has a part in that body of Christ. They're called that only they can do. So God has put them more abundant honor on the less comely parts. There'd be no chism in the body. But what if a part does not do what it's supposed to do? You don't think God in his foreknowledge knew who will and who won't? He knows that body will come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, with or without Brother Beard, with or without you. It depends on us whether we're going to do the will of God. Now, we're to examine ourselves to see whether we be in the faith, lest we be reprobate. We have to know that we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. But many have gone the way and started out in truth, but then become lackadaisical, become at ease in Zion. Well, it's the same old, same old. You know, I'm saved, so I really don't have to be concerned about this salvation thing. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that every day and every scripture has to do with salvation in the word of God. That's the reason Paul admonished the church in Hebrews 4, take heed lest a promise slip any of you. You should seem to come short of entering into his rest. If Jesus said, give him a rest, somebody said, well, that's Joshua. Well, it is. 
Joshua was the one that led him over. Moses, drawn out of the water, would would bring him uh, to Kadesh Barnea. But that's where uh, he could not go on over because he didn't sanctify the Lord God when he struck the rock the second time. Everything has to be done according to the will of God. Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus had to be the one to lead him over, which he had a type. Of course, Jesus, Jehovah is salvation. Our God is our salvation. The Son of God is the everlasting Father, Isaiah 9, 6. Now, to have that revelation of Christ, the first thing you do if you're going to examine yourself is to make sure that, number one, you're on the right rock. Because if you're on the wrong rock and you hear, depart from me, you works of iniquity, I never knew you. Then all the pastors that's patted you on the back, all the bishops and apostles that told you you were saved, is not going to help you at all. You will be condemned when the Lord God himself comes and all the ungodly sinners are convicted of their ungodly sins, which they've ungodly committed. That's their responsibility, your individual responsibility, to check your own oil level. Most people don't check their own oil level. They're too busy looking at somebody else because it makes them feel better. Those that compare themselves with themselves with others, they are not wise, Paul said. said, it's a small thing if I be judging you. I judge not my own self. There's one that will judge me in that last days, which is the word, the word that I preach, Paul said. But we find that in the church, we find uh, cliques and we find uh, backbitings, evil surmisings, uh, tail bearers. Here's what I think you should do. Uh, you know, I've noticed you and, and you get uh, uh, your reproof, rebukes, uh, correction from your uh, fellow so-called Christians. Where are you? You have to examine yourself. Nobody's going to do it for you. You have to do it. You have to do your own introspection. That's the reason the 10 days of all in the Feast of Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of the Ministry Voice of Jesus is for 10 days. The first to the 10th day of the 7th month Tishri Ethne. For one reason. Introspection. To get ready for the day of the Lord. And Every soul that did not afflict themselves would be cut off. Oh my goodness. Afflict yourself with fasting, girding of sackcloth and ashes. It means a broken and contrite spirit. Don't run out there and buy some sackcloth and go uh, pour ashes over your head. That's not what he's talking about. But it is a broken and contrite spirit to such will the Lord uh, seek. And a broken and contrite spirit is crying out for the sins and abominations done in Jerusalem in the church. And if we're not doing that, in Ezekiel 9, it tells us we will not be sealed. So if you don't have a burden for your fellow man, you don't have a burden for souls, you're not going outside the camp bearing the reproach. There is no love there. So the love is that you're lifting up the body of Christ. You're praying for every individual member. You're praying for the perfection of the body of Christ. And Paul did the same thing. He said, I would I depart some guilt for your perfection, that there be nothing lacking in you. 
And then we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. So it's a perfection gospel. But if you don't find that preached because that's upsetting to congregations. But we need to focus on that. Because many in the last days, when he called unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, going to the full glory of Jesus, find that we have not, and we've missed that mark, will not be able to enter in. Then all that you've done will come into judgment, a righteous judgment for a righteous God, the Lord Jesus. But there's a heaven and there's a hell. There's only two places to go. There's different rewards in heaven and there's different levels of torment in hell directly proportionate to your works. But the fact remains, heaven is heaven and hell is hell. And we certainly don't want to go to hell. Well, let's take a look at some of the things that's required. First thing, you have to dig deep. Jesus spoke many parables. He spoke many metaphors and similes. Greatest teacher that ever walked on the face of the earth. Greater than Solomon. And yet, very few heed the words. Say, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you? You don't do them. But you say you do. You draw nigh to him with your mouth. You're at church telling everybody how you love them. How you appreciate them. But in works they deny me, Jesus said. What works? The works. Not loving in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You have to worship God in truth, in spirit, and in truth. Without that truth, without that oil of the lamp, no matter if you give your body to be burned, you understand all mysteries and speak with the tongue of men and of angels, it profits you nothing. Nothing. All vanity and vexation of spirit. That's like being on the one-yard line in the fourth quarter in whatever game you're playing, and you have the chance to win. You have the power to do it. But you drop the ball, and because of that, you lose your reward. It's an agonizing defeat. The agony of that defeat is you, you could have had salvation. You could have had eternal life, but you did not lay it to heart. You didn't think that it was necessary to do an oil check. You didn't know that you had a dipstick, the Holy Ghost, to lead you and guide you and check you. And to check you, many times you go to do something, the Holy Ghost will check you. You'll feel every strength. Don't do this. Paul was going north, south, and east, and the Holy Ghost literally stopped him. Then he had the Macedonian call, come over here and help us. Well, and then he did. He was doing the will of God and pushing with everything he had, but the Holy Ghost is what leads you. The Holy Ghost is the leader. He's the guide. It is the spirit of Jesus to do his will. And he speaks. This is the way he walk you in it. But I want to go this way. I want to marry this man. I want to marry that woman. I want to have this business. I want to do that. I want to have this great mansion, a plane, houses, ranger helicopters. I want to have money in the bank. I want to have, and now God has visited us with another plague, coronavirus, COVID-19. And that's just a drop in the bucket, friend, compared to what God is about to do. 
famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast all at one time, that one quarter of the population in the pale horse rider will die. We're at that point. Somebody said, oh, no, Brother Beard, as you know, we see the coronavirus, we think it's just a bunch of hype. Well, really, you don't have a, you don't have a cure for AIDS, HIV. You don't have a cure for that. And there's a set of flu, influenza, influenzas. They try to treat the condition. Many die every year because of it. But none lay it to heart. We have more earthquakes in the last 10 years that have been total since creation. And everybody's still off the work they go because they owe, they owe, they owe. And they're eating and drinking and making merry just as it was in the days of Noah until the day that Noah entered into the ark. When Noah entered into that ark and he had been obedient, a preacher of righteousness, God shut that door. That's the ceiling. Then we find, and yet seven days, then God broke up the deep. Seven days of nothing. Seven days that Noah, no doubt, had introspection. Had he heard from God? Has he done the will of God? No doubt prayers going up. Lord, have I missed something? Have you ever felt that there's more? There's more that God's calling you for? Let's do a little checkup. Be a little short sermon today. Matter of fact, a little sermonette. <laughs> to help you do an oil check. Help you take your dipstick. It's your life. It's heaven or hell. How much oil have you got? Are you a quart low? Are you two quarts low? Are you running on just a sliver of oil? Or all is your spirit, soul and body full of the oil of the truth of the Holy Ghost walking in the light as he's in the light. Where are you at? Well, let's take a look. Let's go by the word of God. There's four different levels that we have a growth state. So in a car, it would be like four quarts of oil. Now, we can run for a while on that run quart. But when it really gets the RPMs and, and really gets up there, if we don't have all that we need and the best quality oil, we're going to blow that engine. Well, the same is true in Christ. To see that day approaching, you better be in that body of Christ, the true believers, and forsake not the assembling of yourselves as a manner of some is. And so much more as you see the day approaching. They say, well, I don't need it. I'm saved, sanctified. I believe in God. All is well. Friend, without that body, in the last days, a person won't make it. There's many different criteria in the Word of God, and every promise has to be obeyed. And he said, lest a singular promise, Hebrews 4, slip any of you, you should seem to come short. You're a court low of entering into his rest. What manner of holy conversation should you be knowing that the heavens and the earth are going to be dissolved and melt with fervent heat? Peter said so, 2 Peter 3. What manner of holy conversation should you be knowing this? Holy conversation. A conversation is your actions, your will, what you do as a living epistle for Jesus. Now let's check it out. Let's do the first check. Well, said I'll liken him to a wise man that dig deep 
and founded that rock. Now notice, he hadn't built a house yet, but he's founded the rock. Then when he finds that rock, that rock is Christ. It's a revelation of Christ. In Matthew 16, when Jesus asked his own disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Some say that you're John the Baptist, Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. But who do you say that I am? Well, Peter said, thou art the Christ. There's your revelation. Thou art the Christ, the Messiah, the Hamashiach. Thou art the one that is called that will be God manifest in the flesh. You are that son of David in Psalm 132, 11, that should appear. For the Lord has sworn in truth that David will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I, God himself, set upon thy throne David. He promised it. And we see the full consummation of that in the millennial kingdom where the Lord Jesus will set upon that and rule in the whole earth. The kings of this world become the kings of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we're in the dispensation of grace. What does that mean to us? It means that we're still pressing toward the mark. You see, God rested on the seventh day. On that seventh day, that work was created and it was fulfilled and it was all good. Then God rested on the seventh day. He did not call it a Sabbath yet. We don't find it's called a Sabbath until manna is given after coming out of Egypt. And he called it a Sabbath day. And you will pick up an omer of manna. Now, manna is, what is it? Manna. What is it? That's the bread that came from heaven. Jesus said, I am that bread that came from heaven, not as your fathers did eat and are dead, but I am that living bread that if a man eat, he shall live, except he eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life. Now we've got feast of the Lord, not feast of Israel, not the feast of the church, the feast of the Lord. That's how you eat and drink the blood of Jesus and eat his flesh. They're his feast, and these are feasts of charity. And these feasts of charity have seven feasts. And the consummation of all is charity. You start with faith. You got to watch how you build on that rock. There's no other foundation be laid than what is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We all, everyone knows that. Regardless of what denomination you're in, you believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and life. That's how you build on it. It's how you hear. It's how you worship that is going to determine your end. There, Jesus stated that faith and he that overcometh to the end, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 10, Luke 21, that he that overcometh the end, the saints will be saved. Now we've got to be an overcomer. Well, overcome what? Well, you've got to overcome the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's of the world, well, most people are in the world. They said, well, listen, I, I didn't ask for this. I was born here. I didn't ask for it. I do the best I can. The best you can is not you. It's what God does through you. In all that's of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of the last, and the lust of the flesh. The world passes away with the lust thereof, but whosoever doeth, not just claims a verse, 
whosoever doeth the will of God will have everlasting life. Shall live forever. Well, how do I know that I've overcome the world? Well, covetous. Covetousness is a sin of idolatry. I had not known idolatry, save the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. Covet? Well, I thought that's a healthy thing. I've got to have goals in life after all. We all have to have goals. I'm striving to buy a new house, a new car, whatever. Are you striving to enter into the kingdom? Strive to enter into the straight gate? Are you striving for money? What are you striving for? Somebody said, Well, if you don't pay the bills, we're not going to be here. Fine. There's caves out there. God will take care of you. Somebody said, oh yeah? Well, you ought to see the same when God had it by himself. Friend, you don't realize ever selling your body in life with that blood is given to you by the Lord Jesus Christ. Every breath you take is of his. He gives it to you. Your health. And most people say, well, I've traded a little health for wealth. No, it doesn't work that way. The world tells you it does. And whosoever has the most uh, gold and silver and money when he dies, wins. Wins what? You're going to ride there and you came into this world with nothing and it is certain you will leave this world with nothing. You have to add to your faith. And God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. But you got to add to it. So now you have to move. It's something you have to work toward, press toward. You have to strive to enter into. It takes a push, press. And to do that takes a will. You have to will to do it. Not just think about it. You have to do it. Well, you have to add to your faith virtue. Well, virtue is, I'm going to do the will of God. I'm not going to lie, cheat, or steal. I'm going to be virtuous. When it has any virtue, any praise, any consolation, think on these things. Then you get to thinking on the things of Christ. Well, and you add to that faith virtue. Well, that's good. You're making nice progression. And a progression going to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. But the final stage is charity. Charity is not love. Every minister will tell you, and every commentator will tell you, that 1 Corinthians 13, charity is love. No, it's not. Charity is a love for God based in doing his will. It's founded in the word. It's in obedience that, that you reach charity. There's no other way. Therefore, you add to your faith virtue. Well, you become a virtuous, totally committed to Jesus, then you add to your virtue knowledge. Now you have to go on a search for truth. On that search for truth, you're going to uh, see many things. Rightly dividing the word of truth, a workman that need not to be ashamed. And you're going to build up yourselves upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, always seeking God, praying that you don't align your, your will with the flesh but to crucify the flesh to do the will of God. That's the reason you pray. Well, then knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge of God, not knowledge of the world. Somebody said, well, now look. 
I've studied. And I know what that Antichrist is. It's Egypt and Isis and Nimrod and uh, Ishdod and all of these different gods out there. Well, that's fine. You focused on the wrong. You focused on the enemy and not on God. You don't worry about the devil. Let the devil worry about you. You're the one seeking for truth, not seeking what is not truth. Because if you do that, you're going to go into a spiral. You then put your affections on the things which are above, not on the things beneath. I don't care what the names of the devils are. A pig's in a parlor. Who cares? I know if we have the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost is in you and you draw nigh to him, you resist that devil, he will flee from you regardless of what name he is. I don't have to call that devil by name. God knows his name. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Well, now we're going into the knowledge of God. Then we go into the knowledge of the feast of the Lord, the different seasons. These are all Christ. The work that God himself did for us to the praise of his glory. Then knowledge is it. No, then you add to your knowledge. Temperance. He that striveth for the mastery must be temperate, self-controlled in all things. And then when you do that, and you're well able to rule your own spirit, then you add patience. That after you've done the will of God, you have need of patience that you receive a full reward. But let patience have a perfect work. How do you get patience? Well, tribulation worketh patience. Well, tribulation hits and we think, oh, what have I done wrong to God? Why me, God? Why me, O oh Lord? Well, tribulation works patience. God delivered them many of the afflictions of the righteous. God delivered them out of them all. Healeth all thy diseases. Forgiveth all thine iniquities. It's the Lord God. He is faithful. But we have to believe that. And knowing that he's faithful and true. And he hears the cries of the righteous. His ears open to their cries. That we know we will prevail. So, we tribulation through that trouble, regardless of persecution, whatever the case may be, worketh patience. Patience then has to have her perfect work, knowing that what God said he will do. He delivered them out of them all. But though he bears along with them, yet through your importunity, you keep knocking, you keep asking, you keep, you keep seeking then God then answers and opens and answers your prayer and you have your deliverance or whatever the case may be. Well, that's your patience. Well, then after patience, you've got experience in the Lord because tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. At experience now, you know that God has brought you through many times and he'll do it again. God will do it again. Then experience worketh hope. Hope maketh not a shame. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. As the love of God shed abroad in our heart? By the Holy Ghost. By the Spirit. Christ in you. That's how. There we have, we've gone through faith. We've added to our faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge. Knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience. Certainly that should be it. No, now we got the God life. 
godliness. Each of these steps we have to check are all of truth and make sure that we're obeying God in these present truths of the flowing word of God from the throne. We can't be short. Any of you should seem to come short of entering into his rest. Well, what else is it? Well, there's godliness. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. God was manifest in the flesh. Now Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. Present in perfect tent, he's still coming in the flesh. Holy Ghost is still being given. Spirit of Jesus is still coming in the body of Christ. A newborn believer can receive the Holy Ghost today just like he or she did 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost. The same Spirit of Jesus the Father revealed manifest in your body of flesh. The God that is above all, through all, in us all, the Father of glory. That godliness is the God life. You become a living epistle of Jesus. Godliness. You add to that 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 patience, godliness. It, it starts yielding the peaceable fruits of righteousness. And then godliness, brotherly kindness. Somebody said, well, that ought to be the easiest one out there. Oh, really? Even in the book of Acts, we find that the Grecian women were upset because their tables weren't being, being waited on. And it become a great stir. There's always something in the natural that's going to cause a, a stir or some kind of a problem in the body of Christ. So what do they do? You let the Holy Ghost take care of it. That's what you do. Well, they said, Peter, John Nog said, it's not me that we should uh, take away from prayer and the reading of the Word of God daily. They knew they had to read the Word of God daily. We'll seek out seven men of good report and full of the Holy Ghost to wait on these tables. Anything you do, you have to be led of the Holy Ghost. So they started out those men and Philip being one of them, who was an evangelist. Then from godliness, that brotherly kindness, that brotherly kindness is the love for the brethren. And Jesus said, another commandment I give you is you have love for the brethren. You pass from death and life into the kingdom of his dear son. Is that the final stage? No, the final stage is charity. The charity is the will of God being done in your life according to the present truth of the word, the the proceeding word of God that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, the oracle of God, the throne room revelation of Jesus in present truth. Somebody said, well, I didn't know there was such a thing. I thought, well, if you've got the scripture here, uh, you know, one scripture, you're saved, that's it. No, friend. There's different levels of growth, and that's the reason why you have to check your oil. You have to check the level of growth that you are in. What maturity are you at? Are you in the present truth? Are you walking in the light as he's in the light? Are you coming up short? If they're coming up short, the Lord's going to move on you. He's going to He's going to prod you. He's going to admonish you, correct you. And this is very, very serious. 
we have to make sure that we're in the faith. In the faith means in the present truth. The present truth of the Word of God. We know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Building up yourselves upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. We realize that. But it says, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, then and only then do you have fellowship one with another. That's blood flow. It does not mean that you're in a local church there and you're you're having communion one with another, breaking bread continually, daily. But it means that you're one in the body of Christ, speaking the same mind, one mind and one accord, in the unity of the faith. And this is where God is moving the body of Christ and always has been moving the body of Christ since inception, since he created Adam in this world. Because Jesus, being in the form of God, not probably equal to God, but made himself of no reputation. He laid aside his glory then so he could be revealed in his own creation, not in full essence because no one has seen God at any time and lived. He did this before the foundation of the world so he could manifest himself through and to his creation, in and to and through his creation. They would see an attribute. And that attribute there and the majesty of it, they could get a glimpse of the essence of God and the power, this glory that passes all understanding that is so powerful and so holy that if any flesh, man, comes to God because of his holiness, would die. No flesh. No flesh, no man has seen God at any time and live. Why? Because of his holiness. Not because God's going to devour him, because he doesn't like him. He loves him. But he can't deny himself. He's faithful and true. So therefore, God made a way. A way that he could have fellowship with man through these attributes and a progressive glorification of what man was able, able, according to his ability, to receive at that time until he comes to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ, growing up into him in all things. If we fail short of that in the last days, we don't make heaven. Somebody said, you've got to be kidding. No, no joke. No joke at all. Because charity is the finally, final crowning accomplishment of God in in redeeming his body in the manifested sons of God. The redemption of our bodies being changed like in his glorious body. That is the final mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And still during the millennial, the kings and priests will still be growing in knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ going through one gate to the south and going out another. Why? You can't go out the same gate you went in of the door of the house because when you go in one door, you go out another because you're always uh, ascending higher and higher in glory. That's the reason the angel ascends out of the east having the seal of the living God. It's always ascending. Not descending, ascending. Setting your affections on the things above, not on the things beneath. The things are the things of faith. So that charity is the reason why is the bond 
of perfectness. It's the bond. It's the guarantee of perfectness. God gave us his spirit to guarantee that. It's the earnest of the spirit until we receive the promised possession. Charity will cover a multitude of sins. Cover a multitude of sins. Yes, why? Because it's blood flow. That's the blood flow. If you walk in the light as he's in the light, then you have fellowship one with another, blood flow. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Are you telling me in 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, then that automatically covers the sin. No, then we have fellowship one with another. There's the blood flow in the body of Christ. That's the unity of the faith. Then we have that fellowship. And whichever joint supplies, what? To the supply of the Spirit. Whichever joint supplies. Somebody said, well, I wish God would move for me. Well, get in the body of Christ under present truth and whichever joint supplies through the supply of the Spirit to the edifying of itself in love. It's only through the body of Christ and that brotherly love that is a necessary step to come to charity. Not seeking your own, but that which is another's. How you can bless the body of Christ and provoke unto good works and have your reward. But very few do that. Because we're taught that you look out for number one, because if you don't, no one else will. So we we work things over here and we sell a little bit, or we make a little money over here and we hide it away. The hideaway, the stash, so to speak. That's for the rainy day. Well, friend, you're going to have a rainy day. The best thing to do is to lay that out before God. Glorify Him. Where your treasure is, your treasure is, put it to God. You put that, lay it at the altar. Give the alms for where your treasure is. Give it to God. There will be your heart also. If you're rich towards self, you'll be like that rich man who grounds bought forth plentifully. He said, what shall I do? I know what I'll do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. I'll expand my business. Well, he did, and he said, so, eat, drink, take thine ease. Thou hast much good stored up for many years. Good businessman. But a voice came from heaven that night. It's in the night visions. And that's where we're ending now. The body of Christ is entering into the night visions. The midnight cry will be, virgins will go out. Five will be wise. Five will be foolish. Why five? Why ten? Ten's the responsibility of man. What's five? Grace. Five wise, five foolish. The five wise trimmed their lamps. So did the foolish ones. All lit their lamps. All of them did. They realized the Lord was coming. They said, there he is. Let's go. Meet him. But because they did not have, the foolish versions did not have oil in their lamps, it went out. Those scriptures are well able to save us. These promises that are given to us, exceedingly great and precious promises, that we can escape the corruption of the world through lust, that be what, what might be made partakers of his divine nature, not ours, his. And there's only one way to get it, and that's sacrifice your life. 
sacrifice my life. Whosoever shall seek to save his life is going to lose it, friend. And whoever's going to lose his life for the gospel's sake, the same shall find it. Where are you putting your money? Where are you putting your livelihood? Are you throwing it on the alms deeds, on the altar of God? Or are you stashing away for a, a rainy day and uh, this is for my retirement, my this and my, my, my? Well, somebody said, well, I have to be frugal. I have to take care of me because if I don't, nobody else will. Well, I'll tell you who's taking care of you. God is. And then, just like that rich man, had grounds, brought forth plentifully. He built barns greater. He said, so, take thine ease. Be at ease in Zion. Eat, drink. Be merry, for thou hast much goods stored up for many years. Not the goods of the Holy Ghost, but the goods for self. Financial gain. Many have erred thinking that gain is godliness. From such turn away. Don't have anything to do with that. A voice came from heaven that night. Said, thou fool. This night thy soul, thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose do those things be? Why? So is he that is rich toward self and not rich toward God. So I said, well, this coronavirus is having an economical uh, disaster upon the nations. Of course it is. Who do you think's doing it? I said, well, the devil's and we're resisting the devil. Listen, the people are called by my name. Those are the Jesus name people. Been baptized in Christ, put on Christ, taken on his name, whom, whom, whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. If the people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. The face of God is the current truth of the word. Seek my face. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. Somebody said, I don't see it. Now, you know why? Because your treasure is in a bank and not in God. You're holding it up for yourself. You're rich toward self and not rich toward God. Somebody said, well, I give him 10%. 10%. Luke 12 said, sell that you have and give up. That means everything, all that had possessions in Acts the second chapter, sold them and laid them at the apostles' feet. All that had possessions, land, houses, and possessions, sold them, laid them at the apostles' feet. Why? Because they understood if you will be perfect, sell that you have. What's perfect? In other words, I'm not living for self, I'm living for God. At that point, whenever they had reached that point, they had all things common. What was the common interest? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Someone said, well, I've done all that. I've sold out. I forsook all. Except a man forsaketh all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. That's wonderful. But where's your stick now? Where's your oil on that stick? Where's your gauge? There's many that start this race and run it and all of a sudden fall by the wayside. Why? Because hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Well, I thought this was going to be this way. I thought when I came out there, we were going to be flying all over the world, preaching the gospel, having Gulf Stream fives flying all over the world and millions of people coming to the gospel. And, and here we are on the backside of 40 dwelling in a cave. <laughs> A false perception of what you thought God and what that cross is. 
What? You didn't agree with the cross that God gave you. You don't agree with it. You're where you're at, neighbor. Because God, who is in the salvation business and knows what he's doing, has got you in that place to save your soul. Not to destroy you, but for you to turn to him and walk in the present truth and the light as he's in the light. He is not willing that any man should perish, but all should come to repentance. If things, all things work together for good. He didn't say that all things were good. He said all things work together for good for them that are that love God, them that are called according to his purpose. Called according to his purpose and love God. Love God, you'll do his will. Those that love God keep his commandments. Well, what, how do we check to see? All right. As I close, I'm going to give you four different levels. And then you can discern for yourself, do your own introspection, your own uh, uh, diagnostic, and give the prognosis yourself, or the diagnosis yourself. Very simply, there's four different levels that, uh, that the body of Christ will go through. Number one, checking that oil. Number one, you have to dig deep and find that rock. To find that rock, that rock is Christ. Well, what is that revelation of Christ? You have to be taught Christ. What is Christ? 1 Peter 1, verse 10, 11 says that the Old Testament prophets, that's Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14, matter prophets, all the way to Malachi, sought diligently into the grace that should come to us. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit, Spirit of God, God Himself, the Spirit of Christ that was in them. Why? Because Christ is that Spirit. Christ is God. Christ is that Spirit. Somebody said, but I thought he was a man. No. First and foremost, Christ is that Spirit. He's the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Who's born in the city of David? Christ, the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Who is that? Emmanuel, God with us. Not Son of God with us. God with us. Emmanuel. Now, the rock, Christ, is with us. Christ is that spirit. And if the spirit dwelled in you, that also dwelled in Christ Jesus, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the mystery of godliness, that's the mystery, then it shall also quicken and make alive your mortal body. But you have to be in that in that truth of Christ, not a false Christ, not an antichrist, something in lieu of Christ, but Christ Himself. Christ is that Spirit. Now, when you find that rock, well, wait a minute. That rock is Christ. Well, let's take a look at Christ. As you've been taught Christ, there's a mystery there. Colossians two verse one through nine tells us to the full acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. In him, in whom, are hid, hid, hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. God hid them there. Why? Because only those of a pure heart are going to see God. In the day you seek for God with all your hearts, the day you'll find him. And let no man deceive you by any means. The vain philosophy, rudiments of of this world and not after Christ as you have been taught Christ 
for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That means, oh, well, he had some of the Godhead in him. No, he is God, manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. And that's what these Trinitarians in Tunis and Oneness do not understand. That he is God, manifest in the flesh. You've seen me. You've seen the Father, Jesus said. You're looking at him. And Jesus said in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, the Father of glory, you shall die in your sins. Yeah, that's one revelation of Christ you better have. He is God. If you've got him being Christ Jr. and he's second person of the Godhead, you don't have a chance of making it because you have not known that Jesus is the Father of glory. You don't have a chance. Except you believe that I am he, John 8, 24, the Father of glory. You shall die in your sins. This he understood not that he, Jesus, spake to them of the Father. And they still don't understand it today. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the, seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father. The words that I speak are not mine. The Father that dwelleth in me, houses permanently in me. You want to see him? He's in me. All of him. All that God is, was, or ever will be, is Jesus Christ. Somebody said, Jesus is not the Father. You are a devil. You are a straight out, bonafide devil. You are antichrist. Somebody said, how dare you? Well, don't worry about it. It's going to be many of them. Hell hath as large herself to take all the ones that are not in the truth. So you're not alone. There'll be many that will be burning. So you either get in the truth and the minister sitting right there, we, we don't want to, we don't hurt anybody's feelings. You hurt anybody's feelings. You want blood on your hands? Either you speak the truth or you'll be there burning with them. It's just that simple. Somebody said, but that's awful dogmatic. Well, dogmatic is either the truth or it's not. If, uh, that, that minister must be first partaker of the fruits. If he's, if he's got to have that revelation, if he doesn't have the revelation, he certainly can't bring it to you. The blind lead the bind, both fall into the ditch. Well, he's a good man. Goodness won't do it. It's the Holy Ghost. So Christ, first and foremost, in the revelation of Christ, that he is that spirit. He is God Almighty. And there's not another. That's 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. The spirit of Christ that was in them. Samuel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Jeremiah. All the ones, all the way to Malachi. They prophesied by the spirit of Christ. Christ is that spirit. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. When he spoke beforehand of the sufferings of Christ. Now Christ is going to suffer. Somebody said, God can't suffer. Well, now you don't have the revelation of Christ. Because Christ, the Spirit, Jesus being in the form of God, will make himself of no reputation. Philippians 2, 6. Lay aside his glory. Take upon him the form of a servant. Made in the likeness of men. God himself made in the likeness of men. And being fashioned as a man, humbled himself to the death, the death of the cross. Christ is not, that Christ is not Christ Jr. Christ, that spirit, is manifest in that man, Christ, the man. Okay, but he's working as a man, glorifying his own human, back to himself, to save us that are under the law. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world, reconciling the world to himself. Christ is God. Christ is the man. Christ 
glorified his own body of Christ and then died, rose again, and entered into his glory. That's the reason Christ is born in the city of David. Who is born in the city of David? Christ the Lord. Who's the Lord? Lord Jehovah God Almighty. God. Elohim. El Shaddai. Jehovah. Elohim. Emmanuel, God with us. But then, he's going to glorify his own human back. He said, Father, glorify me. I've glorified you, glorifying you again. I'm glorifying you in my own body of flesh, my own arm, back to myself. And then, when he dies on the cross, he says, Father, in thy hands, I commend my spirit, the, the veil rent from top to bottom, and the ordinances of that law that were contrary to us. He took the ordinance of that law, nailing it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition and of the twain to God and man, making one new man. Now, Jesus in Gethsemane said, where's he, glorif- where's he going to? Glorifying as the Son of God? No, he's glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5. Glorified with his own self. Yeah, with the Father's own self. Jesus said in John 2, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. No man can raise up his own body of flesh and blood except he be God. He destroy this temple in three days. I'll raise it up. Well, Matthew 28, 18. Jesus raised from the tomb, came out to the side and said, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. There's Christ. Do you have that revelation? You've got to have that revelation. You've got to found that rock. That rock is the bedrock of the church. It's the foundation of the church. Everything has to be built upon that foundation. No other foundation can be laid than what is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus, Jehovah's salvation, Christ, that literally spirit became a man and went back to his former glory. When you have that revelation, you've been taught the true Christ. In whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Acts 2.36, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus whom you crucified, you put him on a cross. That man that you crucified. God hath made him both Lord, Lord Jehovah God Almighty. How many lords are there? One Lord. One faith, one baptism. And Christ. What Christ? The Holy Ghost. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Who is this man? 1 Corinthians 15, 45. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The second Adam, that man, was made a quickening spirit. Small s. Why? That man, that spirit saved you. Nothing worthy of him of death, and he died in your stead. Because he lives, we live. Who is he? 1 Timothy 6, 15. Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate. The almighty, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. The blessed and only potentate who only hath eternal life. That's the reason we preach the Jesus only doctrine of Christ. There is no other doctrine. There is no trinity. There is no second person of the Godhead. There is no oneness doctrine where the man is not God. That's ludicrous. The man is God. Said God can't suffer. He did in the days of his flesh and then glorified the human back to himself. 
if that doesn't make sense to you, it's because you have a false Christ. <laughs> Neighbor, we're talking eternity here. We're not talking about just a thousand years and for in hell and getting out. We're talking eternal world without end where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. The blessed and only potentate who only hath immortality, that man, Christ Jesus, who has entered into that light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. No other man has entered into that light. That man is John 3.13. No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Now, if you've got that rock, that's the first step. Know that you have digged deep and found that rock. If you have that rock, then watch how you build their home. Because now you have to build on that rock. Faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity. To the measure such growing up into him in all things. What are things? Things of faith. That means being led and guided into all truth and faith. And anything short of that's not going. Oh my God. Somebody said, you believe that you have to be perfect? You better be presented blameless. Perfect at his appearing, a perfect blameless church without spot, without blemish, or you're not going anywhere. Somebody said, I've never heard of such a thing. My pastor told me, I don't care what your pastor said. I don't care what your denomination says. It's what the Lord says, the Holy Ghost, the Word of God, and that's what he's proclaiming in the world right now. Here we go, four levels, and I'm closing. When you're there, you find that rock, the first thing you do is born again. That is a baby, a little baby. Well, you probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight pounds when you're <laughs> birth, uh, 19, 20 inches long, whatever. But in God, you are a baby. That inward man inside you is nothing but a baby. But thank God, it is a baby. It's going to grow. If you feed it. Though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Renewed, growing day by day. And you have to feed that inner man. You don't feed that inner man, it dies. Just like it has to have spiritual food, eating the flesh of the Son of Man and drinking his blood. Just like you in the natural body has to eat natural food and drink water. Well, we're talking about the washing water of the word for that inner man, and we're talking about that blood flow and eating the flesh and drinking the blood of the Son of Man, which is the feast of the Lord, which are seven feasts, and you start out in Passover, unleavened bread and first fruits, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's born again, your babies. All right? To be born again as newborn babes desire than sincere miracle of the word that they may grow thereby. Well, somebody said, well, we've got that covered. Well, you must be born again. John 3. You must be born of the water and the Spirit. How are you born of the water? Well, some of these knuckleheads out there say, oh, well, when you first came to the world, you were born of the water. We're not talking about a natural birth here. That's totally, that's ludicrous. That's asinine. You, you must be born again of the water. Well, somebody said, well, I was born in the water when my mother, you know, and I hear I came into the world. That's a natural birth. We're talking about a spiritual birth. Which are born, not of blood of the water, but of God. Well, 
How were you born again of the water and the spirit? Marvel not that I said unto you, Nicodemus, you must be born again. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. You must be born of the water and of the spirit in order to enter the kingdom of God. On the day of Pentecost, Peter had the keys to the kingdom. Thou art Peter upon this rock, I'll build my church. Peter's the one that preaches on the day of Pentecost along with the other 11. Matthew there, he did not say, repent, be baptized in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Father's not a name, Son's not a name. Holy Ghost has a name, Jesus. When you know that the name that is above every name and every uh, name of that spirit is Jesus. The Son of God's name is Jesus. The Father's name is Jesus. The Word, Jesus. I send the Holy Ghost in my name, Jesus. The Father manifested your name, Jesus. Come in the, blessed he cometh in the name of the Lord, Jesus. There's only one name, Jesus. There's only one spirit, Jesus. What's the name of that spirit, Jesus? What's the name of that spirit manifest in a body of flesh and blood? Son of God, Jesus. What's the name of the Son of Man? Jesus. What's the name of the Word? Jesus. What's the name of the Father? Jesus. What's the name of that one Spirit of God, no matter how you manifest? Jesus. It's very simple. One means one. All right. There, he said, you must be born of the water and the Spirit. There, Peter had that revelation of what the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost is. Not the Father, the Philly, the Spirit, the Santi, is Jesus. Repent and be baptized, everyone unto you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. That's how you get your sins remitted, born of the water. And you shall receive the gifts of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. Promise to you, to your children, many for all, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Well, you're born again. You're little babies. Let's do a check. Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Not for the Son, Holy Ghost. The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost if you have and then the next step your little babies these newborn babes desire sincere milk of the word not meat they can't handle meat yet they have to grow there but milk of the word they may grow thereby but then you get off the milk if you stay on milk forever and preach the same baptism forever and ever and ever and that's a doctrinal statement of your denomination then you've got rickets you never grow up you drink milk and milk until you drive and have rickets and die you've got to get on meat sometime well what is that next step the newborn babes uh, the babes in Hebrews that uh, fifth chapter said the babes are unskillful in the word of righteousness righteousness you've got to grow up into him that's righteousness Growing up into Jesus in all things. That is righteousness. And he reproved the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. Jesus said, when the Holy Ghost is coming to the world. Of sin, because they believe not on me, Jesus said. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father. Why? Because the forerunners already entered in. Now we enter in through him. And of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. That righteousness is what grace reigns through righteousness. Romans 5. And it is a progressive growth in faith to faith from glory to glory until the measure of Jesus Christ, into the image of Jesus Christ. Where are you? Well, if you're just a baby going right now, you're in sad shape because you've got to grow. 
and they will help you grow because the hearts of the fathers will be to the children, children to the fathers. Children are babies as a next step. What's the next step? Babies, you go to little children. Well, babies from a little child. Now you've grown up. You're not just uh, 15, 18 inches long. You're a little child, two, three feet high. How that spiritual man? Checking your oil. Checking out oil of truth. Little children. Why? Because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, 1 John 2, 12 through 14. And you have known the Father. That means you know that Jesus is the Father of glory. You have that revelation? Check your oil. Thank God you're little children. You're doing good. Thanks be unto God. What's the next step? Somebody said, there's another step? Yes, there is, of course. You're not full grown yet. You're still little children. And the children of the kingdom will be cast out. You've got to come to the fullest measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect church, unto a perfect image of Jesus Christ. For the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty with all with open face. Behold, as a glass of glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. If you don't let the Holy Ghost do his work and go on into him in all things, then whose fault is that? Not God's, not Jesus' fault, the Holy Ghost. It's your fault. He's the one leading you and guiding you into all truth to grow up into him in all things for whom he did foreknow. Them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. And those that he predestinated, them he called, them that he called, he justified. Them that he justified, he also glorified to be conformed to his image. Not something short of that. So he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, what? For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. To be called coming to the unity of their faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge of the Son of God is a perfect mirror image of Jesus. Unto a perfect man. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Growing up into him in all things. Well, we've gone there from babies to little children. But now we've got to go higher. If you know that Jesus is the Father, you are little children. Got that? Good. Now the wolves on that stick. Let's go higher. The next level of growth is young men. Now, young men. Not fathers yet, but young men. Young men. I write to you, young men, because the Word of God is strong in you. Now, we're getting this from 1 John 2, 12 through 14. He's telling you the different growth states of the body of Christ, so you can check your oil level. So you can check to see if you be in the faith. The current move of God and the preceding word of God from the throne room revelation of God. Not something of a grove of th- uh, 2,000 years ago, but you're in the present truth. With the path of the justice as a shining light that shineth more and more until the perfect day. You've got to walk in that light. The light is the light of truth. Well, now you're young men. If the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one, you've overcome the devil of the world in your own flesh. Those other Christ that crucified the flesh were the affections and the lusts. Now you're young men. They're doing the will of God. Young men do the will of God in overcoming. And that's the reason why in the one that you see in the body of Christ, in Revelation, the second and third chapter, are only the overcomers. You don't see babies there. Him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. 
Even as I overcame and I'm set down with my father in his throne. The him that overcometh, I grant to eat of the hidden manna. And to give him a new stone, a white stone. Wherein is a new name written that only he knows that receives it. The overcomer, the overcomer, the overcomer. Not little babies, not little children. Overcomers. They're doing the will of God. Are you, are you doing the will of God? How do you know to do the will of God? That's something that's a quest for your life. Romans 12, verse 1. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. Most people stop and are conformed to the world, calling themselves Christians when they're conformed to the world. Have a worldly mind. Don't have the mind of Christ. A worldly mind. A mind for money, fame, fortune. They do not have the mind of Christ. They stop there. How dreadful it will be before the throne. The judgment of Jesus. That young men, they have done the will of God. How do you know to do the will of God? Well, the word of God is strong in them. The word of God is strong in them. They got the word of God. How do they get it? They present their bodies a living sacrifice. Only acceptable unto God, which was their reasonable service. They weren't conformed to this world. They were transformed by the renewing of their mind. That they may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for them is. There's only one way to prove the will of God in your life. And it is through the word. Not living in the past. Well, when I was, uh, you know... I, I was a preacher back then, and I was a pastor, and uh, certain things happened, and now I just stay at home and read my Bible. Or, you know, uh, uh, a handmaid will say, I was married to him, and he went off on the deep end, and woe is me, and, you know, what am I going to do now? Yeah. What? Greater is he that is within you than he that's in the, that's he that's in the world. The Holy Ghost is greater. The Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you out of any ditch you're in any problem, any situation you're in. God is greater. All you have to do is obey the leading of the Holy Ghost and you'll make it. And that is no matter what situation you find yourself in, no matter what church, even though you've been bogged down and thinking little children is all there is for salvation, you've got to come out and be separate. You've got to get that leading of the Holy Ghost. You've got to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You have to do the will of God and find your will of God for your life. And that's the reason why in Matthew 7, that not all that saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. What? No man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. But Jesus said there'll be some that call me Lord that have not done the will of God. They didn't make that. They were babies. They made little children, but they did not make that young men they didn't get enough oil for the young men they didn't get that truth of that word and then he'll say I never knew you they will profess unto Jesus Lord we've cast out devils in your name we've done many wonderful works in your name we prophesied in your name and Jesus will say I never knew you with Jesus it's all or nothing I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity, for you did not do the will. You've got to do the will of God 
to be an overcomer. And to find that will of God is a literally transformation of your mind that you can prove you've got to be on the frequency of God. You've got to be in that body of Christ. Somebody said, well, I watch you, Brother Beard, and I'll send you a couple of books every once in a while. And, uh, you know, I'm with you. When you join with us, when you join with a group of believers, there is a cross there. There is a reproach going outside the camp bearing the reproach. It's not on one minister. It's there. It's on that body. That body of Christ carrying that. And all will have the leading of that Holy Ghost in one mind, one mind, one mind, one accord. They all lift that burden together as one person, one. Jesus ahead, them, they, the body of the Christ. And when you join in that, then you yoke and you partake of that anointing in that body of Christ. Not a soul, look at me, I'm the one. You will fall. You will fall. That body of Christ, that body, that local body that you join into is how you are manifesting and what to partaking of that blood flow with those people there just as a finger to the hand, the hand to the arm, just exempt and that that burden is shared by every one member in particular in that body of Christ and one mind speaking the same thing and one accord. Until you realize that and one member hurts, they all hurt. One cries, they all cry. They don't realize it's all as one. And whatever you join yourself to, you become one with. Somebody said, well, I know they're not right, but I got to go to church somewhere. As a people, so is a priest. A priest, so is a people, friend. Don't be partaker of their evil deeds. If you know the truth, you've got to come out. You've got to walk in that truth. You can't just sit there and say, well, i got to worship. So you'll be better off to find that body of Christ and seek God. And he'll put you with a, a members that have one mind one and speak the same thing. Hallelujah. God's doing it right now. He's placing fitly framed and pod compacting together his body right now. Of whichever joint supplies that finding of itself in love. God's doing it. All throughout the world right now. Hallelujah. The ones that bless this ministry in prayer, prayerful support, you become the one with us. You send offerings. But there, they, and, and you send your prayerful support and your offerings to it. God will bless you. I know he'll manifest. 30, 60, 100 fold back to you. Matter of fact, we claim that on every offer given to us and the prayerful, prayerful support that you give. But we have to come together in one mind, one accord. Let's sit over here and say, well, I, I know this is wrong, but there's no buts about it, friend. There's no all truth but. A little leaven, leaveneth, leaveneth what? The whole lot. A little leaven. A little falsehood. Leaven's a whole lot. You've got to go truth, 100% truth, all truth. And those young men, they know that truth. Not only that, they have done the will of God. The men and handmaids of God have done that will. They know their part in the body of Christ and they're doing it. God's doing it now. Now, only the overcomers are the only ones going to make it. You can see that in Revelation 2 and the third chapter. 
But there's one more step higher. Somebody said, well, I don't even know what the will of God is for my life. You know, I, I do. I try to do the best I can. Friend, I'd suggest start praying, fasting, seeking God and find the will of God for your life. He will fitly frame you and compact you together in that body as it has pleased him, not you, him. And you won't make it without that body. No man's an island himself. Everyone has to have that fellowship. I don't care who you are. Somebody says, well, I've read I've been out there. I've been a preacher. I've been retired for years. I don't need it. Oh, Fred. The closer we get to the end time, coming the nights, far spent the days at hand, the greater we're going to need each other. That threefold cord is not easily broken. Then we finally get to the final stage of growth, fathers. As that ball ran down Aaron's beard to his feet. One priesthood. The fathers there are the ones in Revelation 7 that have the mind of Christ, seal the servants of God in their forehead. Those are the ones that know the word, has known him that's from the beginning, and knows the planned purpose of God in the present truth, and are the ones of the cherubim of the living creatures that will preach this everlasting gospel to all the world saying, come and see. And God's preparing that right now. It's called the work of the ministry. Check your dipstick. Check your oil. That Christ be in you lest you be reprobate. You have to go on to all the truth. What is he doing right now? Placing the body of Christ together unto a perfect man to the measure of the stretch of the fullness of Christ. And he's coming. He's coming soon. Right now we're seeing a little plague. We're seeing uh, locusts over there in Madagascar. We're seeing uh, uh, COVID-19, coronavirus. There's more coming, friend. Way more coming. Famine, pestilence, sword, no, some beast. Only the people of God, just as it was in Joshua, will be able to stand in that evil day. A thousand fall at your left, ten thousand at your right. The plague will not come nigh thee, neither nigh thy house. You'll be sealed in your forehead to stand in that day. Until the next time, check your dick stick. Get that all of truth. This is Brother Dennis Spirit, sealing God's people, saying, Behold the real 